what had happened was 2019 has been the most hurtful year, but it also has been the most impactful of bringing communities and people together. Thanks for finding the What Had Happened Was podcast. I'm Amelia Robinson from Dayton.com. The voice you heard belongs to Dion Green, and Dion knows more than almost anyone how hurtful 2019 has been to Dayton. Dion watched his father, Derek Fudge, die in his arms in the Oregon District on August 4th. He and eight others were killed by a 24-year-old wielding a pistol modified to act like the rifles used in war zones. Derek Fudge was out for a night of fun with his family that night. The mass shooting happened weeks after 15 tornadoes ripped through the Dayton area, destroying or damaging thousands of homes, including the one that Dion, his girlfriend, and his child were in. August 4th was one of the first times Dion went out following the tornadoes because he had been busy piecing his home back together. We talk about the seemingly endless list of tragedies Dion and the community have endured in 2019, but this podcast is also about hope. Dion shares his message of adversity, forgiveness, and faith. He wants to spread a message of peace and unity throughout the community. The What Had Happened Was podcast is sponsored by Premier Health and recorded in the WHIO radio studios. Like and rate this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever else you find your favorite shows. Select episodes of the What Had Happened Was podcast can also be found on the WHIO app for Roku and Amazon Fire. My interview with Dion happened as Dayton paid its final respects to Detective George Del Rio, who was shot while on duty just a few days before. It's been crazy with the police officer's death, which was sad. Sad. You got a 55-year-old man who has five daughters and a bunch of grandkids. It's like Dayton can't catch a break. We haven't. We've been sticking together, though. Mm-hmm. Staying strong, helping each other. Like, the community here has been a great support. Some days I'm down and might just see somebody out. They just give me a hug, and it balanced me back through. I just can't believe that I've been through two disasters in 60 days. It was crazy. I heard somebody mention it once, then I heard it again. Like, once you go through a disaster, you're never the person you are beforehand. So I changed the day after the tornado. Then I changed again August 4th. My whole life has changed twice in 60 days. How do you think you're different? Like, I'm still discovering me right now. Were you just, like, more happy? Go just lucky? lay back until something has, has touched my soul because I'm not a talkative person. I don't, uh-huh. like, the interviews, I declined them at first. Then something said, no, you need to get out there and speak. I don't know if he just laid his hand on my shoulder and, and started giving me the strength to start speaking and stuff like that. Cause a lot of people they refer me to a job like man you didn't been hit yeah you stripped you down only thing he haven't gave you was a play and i said please don't let me get that just want to stand strong and just let people know that you can just keep moving forward from adversity it sucks especially when you're the one going through it yeah but been just trying to just get the message out adversity forgiveness and faith because that's what i went through all summer adversity forgiving but i'm still keeping faith i question them but as a human i'm going to that whole job thing that's what literally when you sat down and started talking that's what i thought of that you've been through so much stuff somehow you still have that strength how are you doing that that's the thing because one thing with the tornado like that's knocked a lot of people out i don't know like when i call and talk to my friends has been great in my life they say i uplifted them and i'm just calling just checking on them and they just like we should be calling checking on you that's just my heart i don't know like i'm my father's son because that's how he is 
I reset myself sometimes. I go into an area where it just me like I go on a vacation for like two days and it's just nobody, no family, no nothing. I just sit, talk to my dad, go through my screaming, crying. The hotel knows it, so they know like when I come, I'm like, yeah, you hear me probably scream, cry, cuss, just let me be. I come out like everything's perfectly fine. I just do that to reset and then I can come back home and try to stand tall for like my family and others. Where do you go? Like you go somewhere around here? Or do Houston. You- Houston, Texas. Oh, you go all the way down to Houston, mm-hmm. Texas. Yeah, I get all the way away, and I just release everything. I just got back from Texas because my father's birthday was November 1st, so I went down there and just got away. Uh, did some writing. Like, I've been writing a book. I got a lot of that done. And then just talking to him and just telling him I'm, I'm staying strong as much as I can. Don't know what's about to come with the, the outcomes with the holidays. I'm so in between. Do I want to be around family? Because family brings up my raw emotions. Because once they get to crying, then... I can't turn it off. But when it seems like I'm isolated, I'm fine. But Why do you think that is? It's from what my therapist's been saying. It's like acute PTSD. I like to be isolated because I'm not being reminded of stuff. Unless I want myself to be reminded of it. So it's like I'm in my own world. But when I get around like family, then like the holidays is where we all bond together at. I know one of my mom's sisters or cousins is going to bring it up and have a moment and everybody breaks down. I'm still up in the air if I want to go home for Thanksgiving. I might stop in because we do karaoke. Oh, we yeah, we team. do karaoke so in my family, too. It, we pair up and do karaoke. Mm-hmm. When I was home like two weeks ago, they were just showing the videos of all of us, and I seen one of my dad, and it was funny. I'm like, man, and then it just kind of brought up a memory and just like. What was his song at karaoke? I think he did Jodeci, and he had a, he had a, car, a Carhartt suit on, and he, he got into it, he started stripping out his car hard suit. We was, we was laughing. Festivities, liquor. We drink our jack and then everybody's turns up. We did pairs and then we did solo acts if they was ready to perform. So we already getting it together this year. So I don't know. I'm just up in the air about if I want to go home and do it. But I'm glad you're getting help to figure out what you want to do. My psychiatrist, she's awesome. She stays on me because I always put myself last. I always try to make sure everybody else is better first. And she just always say, Dion, got to take care of yourself. And sometimes I lose that. That's why I go to Houston, because then it's just me. I get to reset. I get to... Why Houston? I don't know. I got a good friend down there. Uh, his name is Rudy Rasmus. He's Beyonce's preacher. I go there. I go to church sometime by myself and get a good scripture and get a nice prayer from him and talk. Because he comes to the Dayton area, too, sometimes. So you were going down into Houston anyhow just to see your friend and yeah. go to church. Mm-hmm. So you already had a place that yeah. you could go to. Yeah. But I like to stay in a hotel because I don't want to be bothered with nobody. Like, I just get a hotel and I just stay inside of there. Then I just come out on Sunday. I might go out and get something to eat or sightsee. But I just sit in the room, watch movies, and order food and just collect my thoughts and just figure out what's next in life that he wants me to do. You don't ever want people to think as your dad is a victim. Who was he as a man? First and foremost, he was my father. But he was a good man. Like, everybody that knows him knows that he'd give you anything off his back. He always walking with his dog. What kind of dogs did he like? I'm just like my dad. We like all animals. It don't matter. If he falls in love with the dog, it's, it's That's the dog. That's his dog, yeah. yeah. You know, people call me like, yeah, I seen your dad walking with the dog. <laughs> like, yeah, he's, he's going to be with Lucy Lou all the time. But my dog loves him, too. So he comes, and he was just a good man. Just was too soon. Because I really don't understand how I'm sitting here speaking, too, because we was all right beside each other. Was he like a stern man or was he like a funny man? What was he man, like? Man, he was both. When he was younger, he was he was a stern man. How many kids? Just me. Yeah, I'm the only child. Yep, and I only got one daughter. He only had one grandchild. So he expected you to do the right thing? Yeah, yeah, I always did. I was more like the father, you know. I took care of my father, you know. He was mean when I was younger, but then he became my right hand as I got older. 
<laughs> he was just funny. You know, we have our time. We play our cards. Like, we play Bill Wiz. The family hates when me and him are teammates. <laughs> boy, he talks. Do you cheat? He does. Okay. <laughs> but then I, I follow suit, so, you know. It's what it is, right? Yeah, right. We're not losing. So they hate when me and him are, was teammates. So that's another. A lot of things is going to change. I just haven't faced it yet. I haven't had that time where, hey, let's play card. There's going to be certain things that I'm trying to identify or what's going to be my trigger. Right. But till then, I'm just. That tells a lot about your relationship that you were out having a good time together. You're yeah. out on a nice night and it was a beautiful night. It was. It was beautiful. I, I went canoeing, stopped over my mom's, called my dad, called my sister because it was her husband's birthday. And I'm like, hey, I'm at mom's. So we sat outside on the patio, was drinking. I'm like, I ain't dinner, so I'm ready to have some fun. Like, hey, let's go to the Oregon District. So we all went. And I don't take my family nowhere. I don't feel safe. Did you guys go out a lot like that? Every once in a while. So, I asked my mom because she watched my nephew. She said, yeah. So my sister and them came on up. So yeah. it was a whole bunch of you guys out together. Yeah, it was just me, my dad, my girl, my sister, and her husband. Out know? for a good time. like Yeah, just for a good second. You know, we was having fun. Having fun, enjoying the, enjoying the night. Now, were you guys going in and at Peppers? It happened at Newcomb's, right at the taco stand. Because he came from that alley yeah, he between stepped, He stepped in between us to cross over to the street. But yeah, I, I watched him walk down the side of the building to come out to start shooting. Had you ever seen him before? No. I thought it was a joke. Like, I probably could have. I feel like I could have saved some lives if I thought it was a serious situation. There's nothing but cops there. So I'm just like, mm, maybe he's just drunk, showing off or, you know, just doing something. But no, it wasn't a joke. Because I live in a neighborhood, so mm -hmm. it's like a bunch of people I know live down there who still have that, like, I could have done something, yeah. but I don't know what it was you could have done. Mm. You got a, a armed person yeah. who has hate in his heart or whatever he had in his heart. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I just feel like maybe I could have. That's so what if. Right. Sometimes I feel like I have to change it out of my mind, but sometimes I have survivor's guilt because I'm like, my dad and them would have never been dating if it wasn't for me. I'm the one that brought him up here. Sometimes that bothers me. It's just like the detective I talked to, he said, man, Dion, do not feel wrong because if my daughter or my son asked me to hang out with them, he said, man, I'm I'm right there. And he ain't going to tell me no. Like That's just like when I get older and my daughter gets older, you know how they, dad, you want to come out? Sure. Because I'm surprised you're asking me, yeah. you know. <laughs> right. But, you want to hang out with yeah, me? Yeah, so right. it was just. Some of the police officers must have that same thing, like 30 seconds, right? Yeah. And they had guns. Really, I don't know what you could do. If you have six police officers with guns and they can't stop in, in 30 seconds, that's like the best. Man, I don't know how I didn't get here after all of that because I went into my own world on the street, you know, just grabbing my dad, holding him, hugging him. I ain't want to let go. They're trying to get me off of him. My sister, she touched me. You know, I pushed her. I didn't, I didn't want nobody to be t touching me. And once I seen him put the white sheet over, I just lost it all because it was real. Were you ever like a guy who would go see a psychiatrist? No, I didn't even go see a psychiatrist when I thought I was going to die from the tornado. As a man, we tend to think we can become, you know, and I've been going to my psychiatrist every week and I just sit down and I won't say nothing until she starts it. I get in there, I fall asleep so fast. So I guess it's just a peace of mind and I feel safe and I just. Tranquility. Yeah, and I just relax in there. Everything shuts off around me. Because, you know, frankly, that's one of the things I'm worried about with Dayton is that all this stuff is happening. People are walking around with all these feelings that they don't know where to put. Where a lot of people are in pain. Like, you worse than anybody else. Not even people just who are down there, but people who were impacted by it. Because, like, their daughter was down there. Yeah. Or they had a friend who was down there. Or they went down there and now they think differently about it. What do you think people need to do to sort of work through all this 
grief from not just like the shooting, but from the tornado and every day I don't think else. Just, just the impact. Just seek help. Speak to somebody. Get your feelings out because your feelings can turn to, to anger. I have no anger towards, you know, the family. Took my father because at the same time, like, she's going through a lot of pain and grief as me. You know what I'm saying? Both her kids. Right. Some people might not agree with me. Having sympathy. Yeah, but at the end of the day, in order to heal, you have to forgive. You don't have to forget. I don't want to walk around angry. That's why the world is becoming what it is now. Like, we need to show forgiveness and spread love back like how it used to be so everybody can get back together and quit having these these disasters that's ruining people's lives. I feel like if I didn't have a great supporter system around me, I could be somewhere in a mental hospital because probably qualify for it mentally, but I'm trying to stay strong. Where do you think you're getting that strength from? And It got to be God. I, I don't know. I'm just walking in faith. I speak to a lot of the survivors from, like, Boston, Las Vegas, all the other mass shootings. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they just say, Dion, like, we can explain to you what the emotions you're going to go through. But they say you're in a whole nother level of what happened by yourself because none of us didn't actually lose our mother or father in our arms. So they said, we can't tell you. I don't know. I, I call them every once in a while and just talk to them, give them updates. If I get a little stressed out and talk, stuff like that. I have found out I can get agitated real fast. But learning from my treatments that I've been going through is my body's in hypoarousal, so everything's is at its max peak just because of the the drama I've been through. But I'm working on it. I'm not self medicating. I'm just seeking help and relying on on God to help me weather the storm and family and love. Why'd you feel like you want to reach out to other people, or why do you think they reached out to you who've been through this sort of tragedy? It's sad that disasters brings people together. Why can't great things just bring people right. together? But I done met so many great people that it's amazing. And I, I don't know what my blessing is in life to do. Why he left me here and took my father. But all the great people I've been spoke to, I, I've been texting them and telling them, man, I think my blessing is to share y'all with each other, not just for myself. To create one big strong bond because 10 together is stronger than one by itself. I think that's my call. I think it's for me to bring people together to unite and stand strong. I have dreams of that some reason like the last supper but it's the beginning well your dream is what that people will come together and have a yeah, and just and just meet each other because you know they might be doing something great over there and great over there but they never meet it's basically competing but when they come together it's, they do great together it's yeah just, it's like know. piecemeal stuff yeah yeah come together the people i've crossed we all spoke and they just said Dion, whenever you get the time whenever you figure it out let me know what do you want to have just like a happen? formal dinner of meet and greet tell yourself tell who you are and because you might be able to impact one's personal life, just like my friend, he's the principal at Belmont, Dr. Hill. I'm real good with Monty Bush that runs the Victory Project. Them is young men. He works in a school with young men. That's a connection right there. There's always some type of connection that can happen. I don't want to be in it. I just want everybody to meet because... You're a conduit that might bring people together yeah. who might need to, who can help each other do yeah. something. and it ain't about me. It's about all of us. And I think that's why I've been meeting all the great people that has been influencing and being around not for just me. I think it's for me to share with all. Some people would take that like, oh, I ain't sharing nobody. It's just, you know, for their own benefit. I don't want the benefit. I want it to benefit all so it can spread out and do good for the community. Going to rise. We're, we're rising. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the thing right there. Like, what is going to come out of this good? Because you can't let an evil act like that rule the day. Because the last thing Dayton wants to be is just like another city where something terrible happens. Yeah, definitely. It's just like people ask me, have you been back down to the Oregon District? I have not yet, but I'm not going to let fear stop me. When I get the strength to make my way, and I will. I'm not rushing it, but I'm not going to let it deter me from never not going back down there because of that situation. And at night, you guys are just down there having a good time, right? 
just had a, it, it was so funny because all summer I just been working, working in the tornado, just working, working. Because your house was uh, messed up. Yeah, I'm in the Northridge area. Every time somebody say, let's do something, like I'm like, nah, man, I'm busy or I'm tired. You know, I ain't even seen my family because I'm it's still cleaning process now. <laughs> my buddy's like, man, I usually go canoeing. So earlier that day they called him like, nah, I ain't going to go canoeing. Then he called me back. I said, yeah, man, I'll be down there. So we go to Mad River, had a blast. I haven't been out all summer, had fun. My mother lives in Springfield, so I'm like, I'm going to stop there and get the river water off of me. I got there. The family haven't really seen me since because I've been at home busy. I ain't been on the phone. I haven't been communicating. You've been taking care of your house yeah, from the tornado. Yeah, I had to get back together because my family needs to get home, you know. Where was your family at? I made them go to Springfield. I sent them to Springfield because we didn't have electricity or, or water and stuff like that, you know. My daughter's only, she was only 10 at times. I stayed there, me and my dog. We stuck it out. You see, you were in there doing the tornado itself. Oh, yeah, I was in the house. Sound like a airplane, train. When it first happened, I just heard it just running through the house and glass just breaking all on the floor. But I'm like, you know me, like, ooh, that's some strong wind. I'm not believing no tornado. We don't get tornadoes. While I'm down there and the sound stopped, my neighbor comes out like, Dion, Dion, you all right? I'm like, yeah. So I make my way up to the front door. Go outside. It's just pitch dark. Trees everywhere. So while we were trying to clean the streets off for the first responders to get down, police comes like, here's another one coming. So then we get back to the basement, and that's when I really got scared. Like, I am about to die from a tornado. And my daughter's crying. It's making me. So I'm just huddling over them, just like, Lord, whatever falls on my back, just hold it up enough so they can get out. But it didn't hit us back again, thank God. Talk to another family. The kids are just terrified. They basically lost their whole house, like fell apart around them. My daughter, she didn't want to come home, so she went to Las Vegas with her other grandpa. Okay. So that was the goal. That's why I was working so hard to get the house back together. The area is not going to look like it was, but the house, you know, so I was working hard getting back together. And my dad's always been my painter. He was painting the room for her birthday. Her birthday is August 25th. She was going to come back the 23rd, and it was going to be a surprise. We had all the stuff picked out, but we had a slight delay because of the shooting. So many people, Miss Dyer, her and from the church, they came and painted the house. Which church was it? Westminster. Yeah. Sally Dyer. She came through, her and Marcia, and they, they painted a room, and I got her name on the wall with the diamonds, Gem City, and Strong, stuff like that, so... So your house is basically fixed now then? Yeah, basically. Still a couple of things left, but the inside, we can live. Outside, it, it'll keep getting fixed up slowly but surely, you know. Well, we got the main house together, Yeah, you, know? you can go inside the house yeah, and so, lay your head you down know, in peace. I haven't seen no leaks or nothing, so that's a blessing. <laughs> I had to put a roof and everything back on because it took the roof and everything. Popping in real quick to remind you that you're listening to the What Had Happened Was podcast, and I'm Amelia Robinson from Dayton.com. The What Had Happened Was podcast is made possible thanks partly to support from our sponsor. Our care lives in the hour between dropping off the kids and making it to your first meeting. Because scheduling your doctor's appointment should work around your life, not the other way around. Premier Health now offers online scheduling for primary care and select specialty services. Setting up an appointment takes seconds, and in some cases, you can see a provider the same day. Just head to premierhealth.com schedule to see how easy it can be. Our care lives on your schedule. Premier Health. Now back to my talk with Dion Green. You said earlier that you kind of didn't have any animosity or hate or anything like that towards the family. No, not at all. The only thing that I wish that could be different is he could still be here to see the pain and grief that all those family members are going through and you get to learn about each victim, you know. 
all all the people were fantastic people. Had Mike Turner in, who was um, yeah, Logan he's too. a good guy. Yeah, real sweet guy. Yeah, he's a like, good guy. We, he, we met. Yeah, he's carrying yeah. on his son. I think that's why he wants to talk about it because he wants to continue to talk about his son and and it might help him too though. It does help it, him. It, I think. it helps. Sometimes I can speak and sometimes I can't. Sometimes I can get up there and, and share my passion and sometimes it hurts me, you know, because mm. the first thing I say, there's nothing written. I'm speaking all from the gut, from the heart to y'all. So, you know, there's nothing in front of me written. This is me closing my eyes and I'm I'm there, both events. And it's just something that I'm still sleeping, but I'm not sleeping the best. I wake up in cold sweats, but that's from my PTSD, you know. So I'm just just working through that, just trying to just make sure I stay seeing my counselor every week and doing my techniques that she has me to. She's an awesome person. And she, you know, stay calling check, but so many people call and check on me. How'd you find her? Through my doctor. When did you recognize that you needed to get some help? I don't know, because I'm just a quiet person. I work at the shelter, so I don't want my anger to boil over to them. You know, they didn't do nothing wrong. You know, so, you know, it was just time to just go in here and let it out. But just imagine living in a household with you and your significant other with PTSD. So my household is kind of because she was in both of the events with me. She was at the tornado with me and she was on the, standing on the other side of my father. So it was, my daughter could have lost her dad, her mom and her grandpa all that same night. Yeah, it sounded like her aunt and her uncle, too, right? Cause you said your sister was oh, yeah, out there, too. Yeah, yeah, she could have lost it all. He could have lost it all just like that. He really, he really protected because I really don't know how I did not. I stopped myself from thinking about it because I get the, it gets to bothering me, but I don't really know how I'm sitting here speaking to you. You said before that you think he saved you, got in front of you or something, or how did he save you, do you think? The whole night of going to the Oregon District got strange because we was drinking and he fell asleep in the car. So we pulled up to the, the parking lot and said, oh, Dad, just stay in the car. We just go in here for a little bit. Uh-uh, Dion, you going in, I'm coming in. So that's like the first sign of like, he's supposed to be right here with right. me. Because if he wasn't, it probably would have been me or her. We go to Ned Peppers. He had joggers on. They didn't let us in. The night was just weird because I never go to Newcombs. They didn't let us in Ned Peppers. So we go to Newcombs. We go in there, have a good time. He's dancing. We get kicked out because he's dancing, <laughs> trying to dance with young ladies, and he can't dance. <laughs> but I didn't see him, so we head out. We're all together, but my sister and her husband, they're in their own world. They're not behind us when we go outside, so we stand right there at the taco stand and send somebody in there to get my sister and, and her husband, and that's where it all started. They got locked in. But while we up in the bar, he's, you know, there's guys standing there, my dad being protected. I said, man, I'm right here. I don't <laughs> I got it. If somebody come and talk through her, I got it. But I'm like, there's nothing going to happen. So he was just showing signs of just being the protector that whole night. As I sit back and replay the whole, really, if he didn't get out that car, I mean, he was asleep. Like, oh, damn, you going in, I'm coming in. Got out and bought all the drinks. It was a good night. I said, okay, then, Pop. You know, we was having fun and ready to get everybody back home and talk about it tomorrow. But it ended up turning into a week of disaster because I wasn't sleeping. I didn't want to go to sleep the day before the funeral. I tried to just stay up because I didn't want to close my eyes because I didn't want to wake up because I know it would be real. So I finally passed out probably about the hour before the funeral and then that drive from Dayton to Springfield was just like it was just a drive that I, I hated because I just knew why I'm coming down here and where I'm going you know it's, I got through it it was the hard I, my, my eyes weren't that much open in the funeral because I 
really couldn't do it, but I made it through. And after that, what would be your message for people who like went through that and went through other things who haven't gotten help? What is your message for those folks? Please seek. You wouldn't understand the help and the techniques that they can help you to unlock the chambers that you might not even know. That's why they're professionals. Like it's scary. You can become dangerous to yourself or to others. Them type of symptoms. You start depriving your body of things. I wasn't eating. I lost weight during the summer because it was just stress is real. And then on top of stress, more stress and more stress, like got to seek help because everybody else cares about you too. That, but that's helped that, the whole dating strong thing. Yeah, they're dating strong. Dating, dating is strong. What does that mean, dating strong? What does it mean to me? Yeah. To me, I don't know what the definition to other, but to me, I feel like the community has come together black, white, Chinese, whatever, as one, and put all difference aside and continue to help those that need help or love or support. So we are dating strong. You see, one of the things, too, that bothers me personally is that as we get further away from those nights, are we going to still have that cohesive spirit? Are we still going to be together? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to keep continue having the great people around me that's around. I don't know if it changes. I have to ask some of the other people that have been through the experience, does things die down? Does it, some people does it just to be in the forefront. Some people's genuine. People that call and help, they don't have to. All the things that they have done for me, they don't have to do that. And I appreciate them. And every time I see somebody doing something, I'll call and tell them thank you every time. Like Esther Price, I've seen that. I called and thank anybody that shows support to all the families that, are suffering. Not every community can raise that type of money, not just from like the tornado, but from the shooting and the tornado and all the stuff people did, even doing the KKK rally and all that. It's just been like a crazy, unbelievable (laughs) string of tragedy. You had the little kids who died and, you know, on and on and the boys who got shot in the back. And (laughs) this year was just, just a a hurtful year. And hopefully 2020 we can, come together and throw events and laugh and show love and unity instead of hatred. Is there anything you want society to do? Doing the whole aftermath, and I don't know if you're down there or not, but people were saying, like, do something. And obviously you're impacted more intimately than anybody else, right, because that's your dad. Yeah. Is there something you want people to do? That's the mental health issue that is a subject that needs to be attacked. You know, I'm not a politician, so I don't speak much about it, but it starts at home. You see it. Seek out to let them get help or something like that. Then, like, another thing, and I'm a, one of the biggest person that does it, like, America has. We then got so private, we don't care what the next person is doing. So if you see something, say something. You don't got to call the police. Maybe just tell the next person, and then they'll relay that message. But we then got into a world where it don't pertain to me. I don't care what's going on. And But you see what happens to people. So it's like, see something, say something. Yeah, I think that goes a long way, too. And one of the things Mr. Um, Turner was saying was, like, what's wrong with hugging people, right, and showing people love? Nothing wrong with it. You know, I was in a gas station about three weeks ago, and there was just some random person complaining about her dad, and I just said, at least you get to complain, but make sure you tell them you love them because things can change in a matter of seconds. I still can't believe that I can't call my dad, you know. So it's just just some things – like, my worst times are in my car because my brain doesn't stop thinking. And I get to put my therapist, turn the music on, count out loud or something to get my brain off of that. So it's just, I don't know. I'm just trying. I try to let it out in spurts. I'm scared if I let it all out, I don't know if I break all the way down and I don't come back. Mm-hmm. 
you know, that's why I do my getaways because I have to let it out. You know, and she just says, like, Dion, like, you got to let it out or it's going to come out all at once. And it's going to be hard to contain. So, I, you know, I, I try to let it out as much as I can by myself. Just a real. Are you finding any kind of joy anywhere else in life, though? or I'm just mentally tired, trying to get everything over with. I appreciated the foundation. I just don't like how it was broadcast because, you know, it makes a lot of people get involved in your life and stuff like that. And that was the thing I, I wasn't liking, you know, people asking questions about that. I'm just like, why? Oh, they're asking you questions about your money that yeah. when it's really, like, not their business? Yeah, I'm just like, why? Like you were a lottery winner or something <laughs> stupid like that. And I, like I tell them, like, that money can't bring you our loved ones back. And it's like this, like, somebody was talking to me about how it was really not a large amount of money because you got to think, people took off work and people can't function like they used to. Yeah. And how do you maintain your life when you can't work? Not able to. Yeah. Yeah, it was a woman I heard about who was shot, and she has to wear a clostomy bag for the rest of her life. So it's like, how do you pay somebody for that? You you don't. So. Yeah. So that's once that's all over with, I think everybody can really get their, their true process of, of grieving in, you know, because money brings out the worst in people. True. Yeah. You know? So once that gets out the way and done and family members or friends or whoever, can, y'all can get, they can get all the arguing out. They block it off, and then they can really focus on grieving because right now it's it's on and off. Since it's died down, I have been having a little bit more peace to myself because it hasn't been on the news a lot, you know. But, yeah, when it's on the news, it's just constantly your mind and kind of putting us at harm's way, too, you know. Why do you say that? I mean, it's money. People might come after the money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, just anybody, angry people, that's interesting. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's like lottery winners when they win, they they take off anonymous. Yeah, but you would hope that, and that obviously this does not happen. That people will be more human about it and go. Well, let me tell you this: well, when a tornado come, I had to sit on my porch until nighttime because people's in there trying to break in our houses and steal stuff. In a, in a time of need, we're we're finding all our stuff around the corner, or across the street. So there's some heartless people out there at the worst time. That's definitely something I hadn't thought about, that people would be that greedy. Yeah, my uncle, he calls, he texts on me like, Dion, you got surveillance. Like, I'm just worried about people seeing that. And I wasn't really thinking about it, but I'm just like, it does make sense. I mean, you become a target in some way. Some sick mind. Yeah, might think you got something in there and don't got nothing in there. Because well, you would still, think that you know, people wouldn't think, well, whatever amount, a couple hundred thousand dollars, right? Yeah. That's not going to get you very far if you have all these other issues you got to deal with. You just got life to deal with. Yeah, you got yeah. life to deal with. Life don't stop. So, yeah, that was another thing. But, all right, my neighborhood, we, we stick together, you know, look out for one another. So, something ain't right. They'll let you know. We'll, we let each other know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we'll look at the cameras like, hey, this car parked here. If you see it, call the police. You got to have good neighbors. That's the daggone truth. We have neighbors. We have friends over there. They'll call me and say, uh, <laughs> this yeah. weirdo is on your porch. That's why I always tell people, like, man, you can have the biggest house, and if your neighbors ain't the best, that house don't mean nothing because you're not really happy. You can have the smallest house in the world and have great neighbors. You're like, man, I want to move, but i never find neighbors like this again. So, yeah, I love my neighbors. Did most people come back? Yes, some. My neighborhood is predominantly all old. It's their house. That's that's what they got. Insurance companies has been 
taking control of everything and not doing what they're supposed to do. But there's been so many people in the community has been on the relief team. Like tomorrow I have a, a meeting on a natural disaster thing with Sally Dyer, just on the rebuild process, helping families out, getting their things. So, you know, I'm helping too, you know. So I talk to like the, the development leader in the area and I just give her updates on what's the neighborhoods looking like and where things can be helped at and stuff like that. So just trying to do as much as I can to help. You contributing to dating, standing back up and being strong. Trying to. Just hoping for the best and just ready to hope next year everybody can at least sit back a little bit and just just get a little breath fresh air. No doubt, man. Because <laughs> it's well needed for yeah. all of us. For all of us. Never yeah. seen anything like this in my whole entire life. I never believe I could be in any of them two ever in my life. First of all, I never thought tornado and second of all, just other stuff just you see that on TV. But you know what though? You're getting through it, right? Yeah. I'm I'm making it through. When I feel like I'm I'm leaning to the left, I make sure I call somebody to, to grab me me back up that's why i said the community is strong like i'll be in like a store and you know somebody just look at me and just want to give me a hug just like what mike said they just come and give me a hug i've covered a lot of stories in my career yeah. and i apologize to you because i'm getting a little teary oh here. no that's all right because i normally before this all happened to be like i'm just like a tough journalist yeah. right but like for whatever reason i try not to do that. it's all right yeah. you know we're human yeah but something about this last couple I know exactly what it is. I care yeah. about this town and, yeah. you know, whatever. And I, and I thank you for letting us share our stories. Yeah, well. Because you know I mean? it's hard. I think it's important to share the story, so. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot for coming in here. I appreciate it. Always. Thank you. Awesome. I think Dion is 100% right. We are stronger together than we ever could be as individuals. The What Had Happened Was podcast is written, edited, and produced by me, Amelia Robinson, in the WHIO Radio Studios. The show's artwork was done by my good friend, Troy Liming of TL Creates of Columbus. Remember to rate and subscribe to this podcast wherever you find shows you love. Until next time, stay dating strong. I'll see you later, alligators.